what's going on, Motos? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is Friday the 27th of August 2021. It's 95 degrees. It's freaking hot, man. Fortunately, been inside for the entirety of this day. Pretty busy over at the old uh, Healthy Balance Chiropractic, serving people. Making people smile, making people laugh. Look at that, a fucking Trans Am in that lot. Or Pontiac Firebird, I'm sorry. Is there a difference? Pontiac Trans Am versus a Firebird. I'm ashamed to say I don't know. But uh, Firebirds are pretty fucking awesome, man. They're hot to trot, right? How nice would it be to have a, a Firebird? things motored. I don't know what they have under the hood. 327, 427. I don't know. Um, Just things catch my eye. So today was a good day. I hope it was a good day for you as well. As I drive uh, out of Lansdale here, people obviously getting off of work, trying to finish up their summers, prepare for all of our recommitting to uh, school, work, schedule. And that's the way it's going to be. This is the last hurrah weekend. Looks like it's going to rain. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong there. But I think it's going to rain tonight and then tomorrow maybe. So I don't know what kind of luck I'm going to have with uh, my wood carving. That would be a bummer if I could not carve wood this weekend because I gotta finish up I gotta finish up my friggin bridge keeper just a couple finishing touches and some varnish I might even have to bring him inside so that I can position him appropriately and get my varnish make sure that it's nice and dry right now the, the, the wood so they're gonna pick it up next week it's gonna be a $650 payday um, I'm never quite happy with things, you know, I, I always want to add a finishing touch or give my customers a little bit more than they, um, than they're looking for. <laughs> As my son, he wants to know if I sold all the gold cards. So he's got a fundraiser for Satterton football. Going to be a freshman playing freshman football team. And they give us these, it's like $10 off any order for pizza or for uh, pizza, like Domino's Pizza, this fucking eatery, that eatery, this restaurant, you know, <laughs> nobody wants this shit, I mean, I'll probably get some takeout tonight, nothing wrong with a little bit of takeout on the weekends, but I don't want to eat fucking Domino's or having it or, or spend any money regarding that, so... Anyway, I did sell one card. It's called a gold card fundraising. So kudos to whoever put it together. We got to raise some money for some programs and such. It's something that everybody does. So I got one of my patients that, that was nice enough to contribute. And man's name is Dean. This guy, he's probably my among my oldest and most face, most faithful patients. I've had, I've inherited him from the previous doctor, doctors. I mean, he was going, he was a big wig at Merck, ran the whole facility, uh, retired however long ago, and ever since he's, he's like an engineer of sorts, so he does consulting, but he's a real smart guy, he's a black man, he is fucking brilliant, he's kind, told him I loved him today, thank you for buying this little uh, gift card for our um, fundraising card for my son, he goes, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't go to those places, but, uh, you know, 20 bucks towards a good cause, towards youth sports, towards your son, your family, money well spent. Lord knows I've supported people. 
and uh, Dean's Dean's the best. He rep really does represent the the best among us. In fact, one of my other patients. Now, I, I love everyone, as as you've known, as I've shared with you. I really do care about people, and I'm not trying to be some. I'm not saying that in a overconfident, narcissistic way. I, I do. I, I feel it. I feel people's pain. I, I I care about everyone in my life, and especially the people under my care. I get close to them. I get to know them. I. I love them dearly, and I appreciate them, and I accept them for their ups and downs, and I'm sure you know, they're going to have to accept me as well. We're in this together. That's the way it goes. This is not, you know, as I always say, with the work that I do, you know, we're not making widgets. If I take you on as a patient, or if I help you back on the DDIP day, if I if you join my boot camp, or if you're a student under my tutelage or if you're a wood carving client you want me to carve you a bear or something I'm in it you know I'm I'm with you I care I want to be there to help um, I'm not making widgets it's a big deal you know people are in my life I don't know they say that people have traumas or I don't know what it is you know we you ever examine your life and you say I wonder why I am the way I am you know is it nature or nurture obviously it's a combination of both but you know some people they're always talking about um, like let's say we're talking about a guy who keeps getting in relationships but they never stick and maybe he's a cheater or maybe he's whatever can't figure the relationship thing out you sense you know, knowing that person, that it's something from, like, the husband and wife, or like, like his, his dad was that way, where the people that really matter in his life had broken relationships, and so this was just the thing, you know, and it's like they got it from somewhere that this is acceptable, or conversely, you could say, well, somebody, they were always in good relationships, and even if they weren't good, they, if they weren't good, they worked on them, they stuck together, or they got counseling, or something like that, like they, they stuck together, or, they, or more common perhaps, they stuck together even though they weren't completely happy, just what people did, right, I'm not talking about anything specific here, I'm just, you know, you, you wonder, you wonder, you often say, well, you blame your parents for things, or you, that's very common, right? I don't have a great relationship with some family members, but I have awesome relationships, like in my, uh, with people who are in blood, you know? Maybe I don't have to go home with them, maybe I don't have to, uh, I'm talking about my growing up, I I had a pretty decent life, Uh, parents both worked, I had a great childhood, grew up in a decent area, had a lot of friends, didn't have too much hardship, or maybe any at all. Uh, middle class, upbringing, life, adventures, friends. I'm still around, 46 years old. You know other people who, you know, they've, they've had issues. Like my buddy who passed away this past year of alcoholism, drank himself to death. Well, his dad also did that. And he didn't have a father growing up because of that. So he, you know, it's strange that he assumed the same sort of thing. Maybe he had daddy issues, you know, like he always needed that father figure in his life. I I knew him well. He was a great friend. And he was kind of like the guy who always, he would hang out. If you had a cool dad, he would hang out with your dad. I remember one time, my dad was a good dude. So I remember if my buddy came home from, uh, the service, and I wasn't around or whatever, he would always stop by my house, pay his respects, and see if my dad is around. My mother didn't like the guy, but uh, and especially didn't like that he would come and spend time with my father, and then they would drink and tell stories, and my father was kind of the life of the party in that respect. Just a good, quiet, storytelling guy, 
that you know appreciated when when somebody would stop by and spend time with them. My mother chased chased them off. I, I believe the story was. Now, if you're listening, you might be considering like where you come from, what made you, who made who, right? And then from there, you know, what? How do the choices that we make as a, a human being, as a father or mother, as a friend? How do we mold other people around us? How will our, what lessons are we teaching our children, you know? I'm confident I have a great wife. She's a wonderful human being that really leaves a great impression on the kids and teaches them well. And if there's any, anything about me that is unsavory, um, I feel like she compliments me well and we have a great relationship, Mandy and I. And the kids see that and they want to hang out with us and they... They love and respect us, and they feel that in return. And Sam just had a end of the summer finale beach trip with one of his buddies, whose mom took him down, him and kept a few other guys down to the beach. And the kid's going to move. He's moving because his parents are getting divorced. And I wonder the impact that that's going to have on that boy, not having two parents that, you know, moving out of his school district. He's got some good friends. It's a little bit different now where you can meet, you can still play online and stuff. But, you know, you're going to go to different school, different friends, different community. Anyway, it's just life. It's interesting. And I, I'm mentioning this just because I'm thinking of some of the people that are in my life and the, and, and of course I ponder Who made me? You know, what, how am I a product? How am I who I am? And why do I think the way I think? It's interesting. So I talked to my buddy Dean today about uh, music. He turned me on to a band called The Impressions, which were uh, a band in, from the 60s. Uh, I mentioned this before many podcasts ago, I think, where this was like where Smokey Robinson and... Um, God, I always forget this, the main singers, Curtis Mayfield, they were all stand, a bunch of guys standing around a microphone har, microphone harmonizing, and so, he turned me on to these guys, and I'm always trying to find a good music uh, soundtrack that we can play in the office, you know, some people come in request music, Others, I try to, you know, I'll try to do it. We start out with smooth jazz this week, trying to tone down the energy that's been um, swirling around, you know, that we've all been exposed to. I've been uh, vividly explaining it to you and, and the way it makes me feel, this energy. I talk about these things sometimes, like that beehive, and I wonder if other people, obviously they feel these things. I wonder if it's just me explaining things, maybe I've just, just got enough courage to, uh, audacity to talk about it and to express myself. I think it's better to talk about things than to keep it in. I bet you there's a lot of people out there who feel all this stuff and have, you know, take on the sensations and they don't know what to do with it, or they don't know how to, you know, maybe they don't talk to anybody about it, I don't know, I'm sure everybody's talking about, obviously got the same things on their mind, they would be, they would lack all senses, five S's and two T's, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, to not, you know, be processing all this information, but uh, anyway, I'm happy to express myself, and Dean was, Dean and I are talking about music. So I try to set that vibe, and when he comes in, I put on, uh, was, he was the last patient of the day, thank goodness, it was Dean Wallace. You know, there are people that punctuate your day that you know and you love and you have uh, rapport with them, and I pretty much have rapport with everybody. Like, i got to be in a really shitty mood to not be on, you know, rub-a-dubbing, making people laugh, telling jokes. 
just trying to trying to help, trying to heal, trying to be an instrument for positive change. And as I have described, many people, the exchange is a positive one. It's net positive for everybody. So, you know, today I talked to somebody about who's a cyclist, uh, he's got an auto body shop, and he does specialty work on cars, aluminum cars, aluminum body cars. He likes to do that. He's a, he used to race motorcycles, and he's a, he's a European guy, um, maybe from Poland or something like that. And he tells he's really artsy and really smart. He also rides cycle like bicycles. So he likes to go out there and, and, and exercise. And he take him and his wife, they join these different groups where they buy, ride all over the countryside and, and put on 30 miles or whatever. And he loves to do it. He loves to do that. We talk about that. I talked to him about motorcycles and his business and, um, and, and some, I learned some things about that. Talk to another uh, person who uh, she's from Lithuania and she's a beautiful woman. She's probably old enough to be my my mom. She got kids my age and grandkids. And we talk about things, and I'm interested about different countries, different how people do things differently. I want to I want to know about the customs. The friggin' the flower, uh, the state or the country flower. The, what does the flag look like? What is its geology or geography? Uh, proximity to other countries. Lithuania, so Lithuania. She said she pronounces it. And I asked her, you know, you have what's your made your holiday? Okay, Christmas is big. Ninety-five percent people are Christians, and then um, uh, Easter. And she said, oh, Halloween. We don't have Halloween like you have it here. Halloween in Lithuania is she describes it as a time when all of the you go visit all of your dead ancestors so you go to visit cemeteries and your grandparents your forefathers and mothers you like candles and you just remember them and it's a quiet kind of subdued holiday where you remember people who've come before you and if you pray for them you do whatever this is kind of along all saints day right and then whereas the american halloween which is coming quick and I'm excited about it. It's kind of like a, a masquerade party, right? You're going to dress up like a ghoul or a ghost or a witch or Frankenstein and all these scary monsters that we we dress up as, like impersonating them, the wolf man, in order to make fun of them, to laugh at them in a way. To, oh, look how scary I am. I'm the wolf man. <laughs> you can only shoot me, kill me with a silver bullet. And, you know, beware, full moon, all these little things. It's kind of like memento more to me. Remember your mortality. You too will die. That's what that means, memento more. And that's a big uh, thing in art history. I have also talked about that previously. So she explained to me about Lithuania and the type of food and the type of things that you do. And that only the kids get presents. You don't give presents to... Um, adults, and uh, it's less commercialized, perhaps, and if you, as soon as you don't believe, well, then you don't get any more presents, and then um, she said that uh, presents, food, you eat different food, oh, if you see somebody, you know somebody doesn't have family there, it's a time to, Christmas is a time to come together with your family, so everybody comes home, and you do not, um, if you know somebody is is without family or they don't have anybody to spend it with, then you invite them over. So what a great thing, you know. And she talks to me about the topography of Lithuania. So I know it's flat. I know there's a bunch of lakes. I know there's lots of forests. And people go mushroom hunting. And I'm really interested in learning about these different places. And I would love to visit someday. Now, I had a friend from uh, many years ago, one of my first patients... Uh, it was at our wedding. Uh, Penny and Bob, uh, interesting folks, and they invited us. They're from uh, Wales, and they taught us about different customs from well from uh, Wales and 
invited us over there, and people are so nice and host, so hospitable, so kind, and I love hearing these stories. And these are people from across the world. So just you know, we've got a pretty international group, uh, people that I interact with. I love them all. You know, um, not all interactions are you know great. I had somebody come in. <laughs> I mean that. They're not great, but you meet everybody where they're at. But there's people who miss appointments, and I get a little pissed at them. But they, they got their shit on, uh, shit that they need to handle, and uh, they're gonna have a financial penalty for missing appointments because somebody else might want that fucking spot. It's been we're, it's been very busy lately, and we're trying to just accommodate everybody. You know, people get wrapped up in life, and then they'll miss or whatever. And that screws us over. So that happened a couple times today to people that I care very much about. Another showed up and late and hell she say is the one whose mom, you know, God rest her soul, she used to talk about call people smacked asses, you smacked ass. And she said if somebody was doing something foolish or cheating on somebody or acting irresponsible she call him the crooked, a crooked dick. She goes, all politicians are crooked dicks. <laughs> her mother was so inappropriate. I loved her so much. She passed. Um, so people like that, different situations, very interesting folks. I had somebody come in today whom I, I just love so dearly. But she said, she canceled last week because she didn't feel good. I'm like, okay. So when somebody says, obviously you're thinking about it. Biggest critter we got circulate right now is COVID. So I said, oh, okay. Well, she goes, yeah, I, don't, I still don't feel so good. It feels like this. I didn't, da, 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 I didn't lose any smell or taste, but I don't feel quite right. I said, oh, did you get tested? She, no, no. Uh, you know, I, why would I get tested? Uh, uh, the tests are a lot of false positives. And, you know, this thing is... Uh, I said, oh, you been watching Fox News again? Ha, ha, ha. the hell did she say? She goes, well, oh, no, no. Well, why would I get tested, though? I mean, um, the Lord, something about the Lord. And then she said, I said, well, she goes, why would I get tested? I said, you know what? Let's say I was pregnant. Let's say I thought I was pregnant. And I went to CVS and I bought some pregnancy tests. So there's a hormone called human chorionic gonadotropin, a.k.a. HCG. It only is released by the body when an egg has been fertilized. So that is, that is what you're testing for with, with, each, with pregnancy tests. You urinate on it, you get trace amounts of this hormone, HCG, and the test will... You know, however it indicates it, a line will light up. And if it's negative, well, then there's no line. But if it's positive, then it's going to flag as pregnant. So let's say I took a pregnancy test, thought I was pregnant, and it is positive. Or negative, but let's say it's positive. Like, oh my God, I'm pregnant, I can't believe it. I better take another one. I would want a follow-up test. Alright, so if if she's bring up a, uh, a query about or questioning whether or not uh, testing is valid or false positives or whatever. They say, well, you know, testing is pretty good, but there's no such thing as a perfect test. And what well, we've learned a lot, we've, we've increased our set specific specificity and sensitivity, you know, in the laboratory to identify the different types of tests, identify this critter. So it's a sensible thing to do to get tested if you think that you could have been exposed or are positive or are not feeling well. If I didn't feel well, first thing I would do is, uh, you know, I would get I would get a COVID test, whatever the fuck it was. Because we're trying not to, presumably, we're trying not to pass this shit around, right? It's just a responsible thing to do. But it's not inconceivable that you could be carrying this critter, any of us. 
it don't matter if you feel, you know, if you don't feel well, it's a sensible thing to do to maybe consider a COVID test. So I gave her the analogy about the HCG pregnancy test, and uh, she goes, well, pregnancy? Don't they have to kill a rabbit? Don't they have to kill a rabbit in order to uh, to make those, to do pregnancy tests? Is it? I said, I, no, uh, I, not that I know of. I said, but, you know, medicines and tests and all that stuff, they're tested first on animals. And to determine, you know, if it's a mammal, well, if it maybe affects a rabbit in this way, rabbit releases HCG when it's been fucking, maybe the same thing with a human being, so... Maybe you're talking about animal testing. I don't know why you would say it's a rabbit. A rabbit gets killed every time somebody does a pregnancy test. It sounds ridiculous. And you sound ridiculous. Respectfully, you sound like a dumbass when you're questioning whether or not you should get a test. It Because of some shit that you heard about the test not being valid or whatever give it to God or whatever it was. It just, it seems kind of foolish logic to me. And so, you know, unfortunately, this is the sort of mindset that is is out there in some cases. It's out of sight, out of mind. I'm not going to get tested. I don't care. The tests aren't valid. Um, just a lot of ignorance about things. It doesn't make people bad people. It's just to show you the um, why in some cases other nations have gone to great lengths to tell people what they need to do. Because folks don't necessarily know what they need to do on their own. They're ill-informed and they're also You can't count on them to do the right thing. They're not doing it to hurt anybody. Uh, last thing folks would want to do would be to make somebody else sick. But they don't get it. They don't. They don't put two and two together. In some cases, so just so, just so you know. So that was that was my day. That's a had another conversation with a guy. Him and his buddies won a golf tournament, first time in nine years that anybody other than these, like, ringers, uh, one guy, like, played for the Navy, you know, the Naval Academy was on the golf team, so he wins every year, and they, in this scramble, they won, <coughs> him and his four, four teammates won, and I was happy for him, also took care of a grandma, and her granddaughter and her great-grandson um, making faces at the kid and playing around and helping everybody, doing my best. People are awesome, man. But to revisit the, the music thing with Dean, it can be challenging. What kind of music we listen to today? We listen to... Started out with some smooth jazz, played some spa music, played some Sade, played some um, country, and played some impressions and some Motown music. And as I'm talking to Dean about this, he's talking about the, how it changed the impressions, for instance, they... they they changed from love songs, like this song called Gypsy Woman. Gypsy woman, she's my little gypsy woman. And then they transitioned in the 60s when Vietnam was occurring and civil rights movement. <clears throat> They transition to songs like Keep On Pushing. Keep on pushing. 
keep on pushing or people get ready there's a train a coming don't need no baggage you just climb on board all you need is faith for the <laughs> so he's saying that this is it went from love songs to social commentary and talking about the civil rights movement and war and all the strife that was um, was happening. There was a chain, a, a train coming, a change coming as well. And these songs described this, and they gave people hope. And Dean said that when he heard this song for the first time by Curtis Mayfield and the impressions, he um, it hit him. It hit him hard, and it, and it was powerful because it's. Uh, there's one particular song that we just listened to um, on the way out. I forget the name of it, but it was like um, encouraging people. Let's say it's people get ready. The train are coming, you know. Get on board the train to change. And it also mentions something about, um, you know, we're born from the black, the good black dirt. Like, you know, there are people that have... You know, they've been told their entire lives, or it's been insinuated into into society that black people are dirty and they're stupid and they're they're not worth you know not worth as much as a white man or as other people in society. They're not valued, and that's true. You know that that that's a fact that there are people out there that don't. They don't get that, or they don't acknowledge that. They don't. They, they can't imagine themselves in another's shoes. Uh, it's amazing to me, you know. So, especially when I talk to my friend Dean, I really listen in hard, and I value what he has to say. He said, "You know, it hit him. This song hit him right in the chest." And really, he was in college, Vietnam War, civil rights movement, you know. And he's trying to excel, trying to get ahead, trying to, you know, live the American dream. It, this inspired him, and I'm sure he was outraged and saddened and in a lot of ways about the treatment of, of his people as well and the history and all that and all kinds of stuff that was going on in the world at that time. But he was also hopeful. And uh, so music is so important. To, to play, to listen, to, to listen into, to empower us, to inspire us, to make us feel our emotions. That's so interesting. I wish that they, I remarked to Dean, I said, you know, how cool would it be if they, like, really, like, refurbed MTV? So they take MTV and they dig up all any any footage that exists on some of the oldest musicians and bands that we know, and there's plenty of that. And we take all those all that footage of different types of musical genres, and we we establish it, reestablish it on places like MTV or VH1 or whatever. And we you know this is it's like a like a history, a history of music, the history of of music in throughout the world, throughout America, and we try to understand it. I'm sure something like this already exists. And I watched some um, stuff I might have mentioned on Amazon Prime. I think it was. I, I watched something about the Grateful Dead, and I watched. Uh, I learned a lot about that, where the musicians came from, and the songs that they sang, and who wrote the lyrics. I listened to one about uh, the Allman Brothers and where they come from. Same deal. Their lyrics, their guitar playing, the the people, how they, where they came from, and how that was manifested in their music, and how it inspired other people. You know, we call it entertainment or something. We, we call value music, obviously, 
music is, is uh, art is tremendous. Obviously, I'm a big fan. But different types of art. I think music is among the more most powerful art forms, as, as evidenced by you know a lot of actors and such. They try to make that bridge into music, right? Kevin Bacon, I mentioned previously, Russell Crowe, and whoever you know. There's all these different artists that want to get into music and want to inspire people in such a powerful way as uh, as others have inspired them. But really interesting, man. Talking to somebody like Dean. He's living history, you know. I wish that I would have known him. You know, when I was, I mean, I, I know some great people. We all have our memories, but to have known Dean in his early years and hang out with him a little bit, pick his brain, understand a little bit where he came from, you know, what made him. He told me some stories that I'm, I'm not going to share, you know, about where he came from. You know, uh, uh, you know, his family situation, all that stuff. But uh, nonetheless, they're very inspiring. And I, he's honestly one of my favorite people ever. I wish everybody could know a guy like him. Maybe you do. A person like him. And so I got so many. So many people that are, are in my life. And I, I know a little bit about their stories. And, and they're inspiring. And I like talking to them. And I like hearing what they want to do. And and the type of work that they do and their uh, their dreams and aspirations and some failures and struggles. I take all that very seriously. Talked to another friend, um, my buddy Brian. Uh, he just got back from vacation. This guy is great. We have a great friendship. You know, I've hung out with him a few times outside of the office and he's just a great guy, man. I love him. And we're in there laughing. You know when you have a good laugh... Yeah, there's nothing like it, like a real genuine laugh. Well, he said something. I don't know how the hell we're talking about the javelin or something like that. And he goes, Lamar or something like that. <laughs> and so uh, we're talking about, uh, we're about the same age, so we're talking about uh, Revenge of the Nerds where they have like that competition, the fraternity, whatever competition and the... The Lambda Lambda Lambdas are fucking hopeless uh, athletes. And fucking the gay guy, black gay guy, um, Lamar, he throws a javelin. He's got like leg warmers on and shaved legs and like a crop top or something. And the one nerd goes, Watch him. Lamar's limp wristed throwing style is complemented by Wormser's knowledge of aerodynamics. I've mentioned that before. It's funny as fuck. I mean, it's terrible. Like, the, the it's, it's great, but it, talk about entertainment. How in the 80s and 90s, like, there was that humor that was people weren't so serious. Or maybe we should have been more serious and more sensitive to a other people, different populations, you know, you know like car- uh, caricatures of people, nerds, jocks, gay guy, gay people, uh, Asians, different, uh, everything, nothing was, was, seemed like nothing was sacred, and it was all in good fun, and nobody was trying to, people were laughing at it, people were laughing at it, like the best thing that I can, uh, and, uh, I guess defense that I can offer is like, you know how you, let's say you grew up watching Saturday Night Live. Well, I did. You know, I remember the earliest Saturday Night Lives that I watched uh, involved certain actors, certain uh, actors like uh, a Steve Martin, a Martin Short, a uh, fuck's her name. I forget her name. Anna Gasteyer, uh, Ricky something, what the hell was her name? There was some tremendous, uh, uh, damn, what was her name, what was her name? Anyway, tremendous 
comedians. John Belushi, right? So, if you look back and watch some of that shit, it's not funny. Now, like if you watch the begin the formative years of Saturday Night Live with John Belushi and uh, uh, Chevy Chase and all that shit, Dan Aykroyd. They weren't that funny. They weren't always that funny. Uh, or they, they were then. They were hilarious, right? But now you watch it and it's a completely different type of comedy. At least, you know, somewhat different type of comedy. You won't find that what's funny now, but back then... You were like, oh my God, so, oh my God, Jim Belushi, or uh, my in my day, it was like the 90s, Will Farrell was so fucking funny, right? Or Mad TV with Will Sasso and uh, all those different characters that he would play. I remember them so vividly. Uh, Jim Carrey, etc. But, you know, 20 years before that, you're like, there was nothing like that. There was, the comedy was different and the, the public was different in a way, right? So, so some of the things, talking to my buddy Brian, some of the things that we laughed at back in the day, like Revenge of the Nerds, just irreverent, you know, sexual, hypersexual nerds were picked on by, it was a parody of, of all these things, right? Typical college environment, drinking, frat parties, smoking weed, uh, picking up, you know, having sex, um, hazing rituals and stuff like that. There were characters who were overtly gay or overtly, uh, ethnic and they were like, like the Asian guy was always, you know, Taikashi would bang a gong, uh, the gay guy would throw a, um, hey, you should throw a, let's have, let's have, uh, Lamar throw a javelin that's kind of uh, floppy in the middle and looks like a penis or, you know, let's have the Asian guy, oh, I drink to that and he gets just hammered and rides a tricycle around and sings some traditional Japanese song. These are like parodies of and um, caricatures that were created to like really bring out the essence of these different types of people, and we found it hilarious, you know, same thing with movies like Police Academy, etc., you know, it was always like the um, big black guy in Bubba Smith, and, you know, but nobody messed with him, and, you know, the parts of town that they would police, and the, you know, the Hispanic guy, and there was a, a white guy that, you know, always had to have the biggest gun, and and all these, there was all kinds of aspects of these movies. They weren't offensive back then, but now they would be. So I'm talking to my buddy Brian about that. We had a good laugh about the uh, Revenge of the Nerd scene because we just, it's a common experience that we share, right? It's something that we can both relate to and we find it funny as shit. And so we had a good laugh. It was good to have him back from uh, from vacation. It was his birthday today. Great guy. I'm glad he's in my life. Um, God, humanity is so beautiful. And it's so freaking terrible, tragic. And it's such a hybrid of those things, isn't it? On my way out of the office, I spoke to a friend who was, uh, you know, his family member was getting worked on, and he was in there waiting on her, and he's a former Marine, so he said, hey, how about these guys in Afghanistan we lost, as I understand, 13 Marines and some sailor, sailor, other military members died, um, they were killed in this, this suicide bomb attack in Kabul. And, you know, share same sort of 
experience, uh, sentiments that we have talked about previously, which is that it's terrible and we need to get out of there and attacks like this do not make us want to leave. It makes us want to stay and kill everybody. You know, I've commented on this before, but the way, just in case, a lot of people are interested in talking to me about my experiences in the military, which, I mean, they were substantial. I I didn't ultimately get to to do the job of uh, fighting for my country. I think you get that from a lot of honest veterans. They, you know, I served. Didn't, Didn't have to fire, you know, never was shot at by the enemy, um, never killed anybody, trained for it, shot a lot of rounds downrange, traveled the world, slept on the freaking ground, patrolled all night long, laid out in the elements, training for ambushes, you know, with blank, blank, uh, rounds in my rifle, waiting on my peers to come by in a, on their patrol and we shoot them up and zip tie them up and train to destroy things very effectively. I'm very good at destroying things. But as, uh, and there's a beauty, a simple, simple beauty to destroying things because you're not worrying about how you're going to put it back together. And so, something like uh, Marines. I know enough about being a Marine. Just the core values and the mission and and the that common experience, that brotherhood, that to know that how these guys are thinking over there right now. You know, they're under strict orders to maintain discipline and uh, get people on planes and provide security and look for snipers and make sure that um, everybody goes home alive because they've already lost some guys, right? But they're thinking right now that having lost these guys, they're out for blood. They're going to fucking kill everything. You know? They don't want to hurt any civilians. They don't want to, you know, they want to get the bad guys. But my, as my, I have asserted, you don't know who the bad guys are. Always, you know they're not, they're not dressed in a different uniform like you used to see in the movies. You know, we wear blue, you wear red. You know, that's not the way it works. It works more like these dopes. They hide among what appear to be friendlies or the general population, and they just show up and they they blow themselves up or they blow something else up. You know, they they move fast and covertly, and they don't care whether they live or die. And they're they want to kill you. They want to kill us. And I was talking about like the Taliban versus ISIS K. Which what the fuck is ISIS K? I know ISIS or ISIL or Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and all these different little names for these various gangs. And they're obviously very extreme. People are giving Biden shit right now because he's working with the Taliban. Apparently, the Taliban and ISIS K are enemies, as I understand, hopefully correctly. And so, they want ISIS-K not to do this sort of shit because it's might, it might encourage us to stay around long enough to, you know, take revenge. And that's a very real possibility. You know, this shit's that we get more attacks like this. Um, we get any, any uh, major threats, additional threats to lives of Americans and the people we're safeguarding trying to get out of there 
will kill everything, everything that moves. And it's not, you know, it's a terrible thing, but it's a beautiful thing at the same time for those for those men and women who are over there in uniform, and they feel like they're sitting ducks while the enemy plots some brutal attack and doesn't care who they take out in the process. They're ready. They're, they're triggers. They're keeping their finger straight and off the trigger until they're ready to fire. They're keeping that selector lever on safe until they're ready to fire. They're not pointing a weapon at anything they do not want. They don't intend to shoot. But it won't take much encouragement or discouragement before these guys will... They'll change their tune. And their leaders are holding them back like like dogs on a leash. Yeah, like they get these Marines got like choker collars on them. Nobody fire. Hold, hold, hold. Nobody do anything. Because once the frickin' rounds start flying down range, it's gonna be terrible, man. So me and this guy had a brief conversation about a similar uh, feeling that we have. And we're hopeful that Taliban's Taliban fucks have enough sense if they really want to take control back of their country and they want to allow us to to finish our business and get out they want us to meet this August 31st deadline which is Tuesday they better cooperate they better suppress these ISIS-K fucks or it's going to be an all, another all-out war. Very shitty situation to be in. So that was my day today, and now it's 5 o'clock, and I hope my family has ordered some dinner. Can't wait to get home, take a fucking shower, commence on my weekend. All right? I want you guys to have a great weekend yourselves. And think about the people in your life. And honor them and appreciate them and try to understand them. Try to see the beauty in all things. Don't take no shit either. Don't take no shit. <laughs>